That's Andy. And that's a Nicholas, I think they call it. And welcome to Oh That's Right, Homosexual Happy Hour. Two for one. It's a long December. And it's only what? It's the only the it's oh god. I was like, it's only the day before December. Day. I'm going into when I, this is airing. I forgot. I'm <laughs> in the moment. I've gone into the future and I can see it and it's oh, terrifying. Oh my god. Ooh. Send help. I looked into my crystal ball and I said, My God, I need to windows this thing because it does not look good. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh Lord. Woo. Sage that fucking crystal ball. Oh girl. Can I get a do-over? Is it like a magic eight ball? Can I shake it and get a different answer? Nope. Oh my god, I fucking wish. If you have a non-magic eight ball, you can feel free to carry and sharing. I'll hand see, it over. So I'll send it your way. <laughs> That's Andy. I always make it a drug joke. Prep K eight balls. I was like, what is happening? It's not like I'm on a corner like hey, you. And I'm Nick. And here we are. Welcome to. Oh, that's right. I'm homosexual. Once again. Yeah. So we're just, you know, we're here. We're hanging out. How's your Thanksgiving? Non-existent. Okay. <laughs> I did not do anything. Okay. Because I was going to go to dinner with some friends, but those of you who don't live in New York, this is going to sound ridiculous and absurd, but there's just some times where if you don't have a car, you just look at the map and I don't want to do that. If the weather's a certain way or you're feeling a certain way, mm-hmm. if it were a different train line or if it was one train or no transfer, you would say yes, but it's not. And you're just like, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's fair. Also, the weather was kind of shitty. It was. It so. was not very cute. What about yours? So I did a very tiny gathering just with four of us. It was just me and three others. We hung out. We ate. We drank. We were merry. One of them was named Mary. One of them was named Mary. But yeah, we had so much food. Really? Also, if we also actually wore masks. No, you did not. How'd you or, eat with them? See, that's the thing. First of all, these are people that are basically in my bubble. They're, they're You very, do see them all the time. They're people that I see regularly. My bubble burst. It my was bu- like a dot com in the 2000s. Yeah. It was a very small group of us. We all also got tested, but we did wear masks. We took them off when we ate. Did any of you accidentally bite your mask? No. You forgot to take it off. You put food in it. Oh my God. I've definitely <laughs> seen people almost do that. Did you see the gif where the woman is looking at a bowl of rice furtively and then her mask opens because it's just, I like that one. <laughs> Stupid. So we had so much food and it's funny I've never seen a meal come together so fucking fast. What do you mean? Pretty much I got there and then it was, oh, we don't have food. (laughs) It's like, what? Nothing was started. Really? I feel like most of the time at Thanksgiving, when you arrive to dinner, everything is basically ready. It just needs to be warmed up or it's about to come out of the When we host, we start the night before. Oh no, this was not. We were a very disorganized mess. Sometimes I pre-bake all the crusts. Because sometimes the crust takes longer uh, yes. than the pie, yeah, and you don't yeah. want to burn anything. Exactly. So you got to time it. Right? Yeah, we straight up pulled that meal together. We had turkey, mashed sweet potatoes, but they had some kind of peppers in them, so they were kind of spicy. It was I like that. Regular mashed potatoes, stuffing that was awesome. I made a cake. Hmm. We had another pie. You better. You better have pie. You know how to feel about I know, that. I know your feelings on pie. Don't risk it. And make a brisket. <laughs> No, we had like a fucking giant meal for four people. It was easily we all could have eaten for three days. Did you get leftovers? Yes, everybody got leftovers. That's the best part. Everybody got leftovers. It was good, but it was fun. Did you watch the leftovers? It's a good show. Uh, Gary Coon. Regina King. Then we... (laughs) 
So Thanksgiving was good. The weekend was weird. It took a long time. It did. It was a really long. How was it only Monday? It went on forever. It really it I, felt like a week. I thought it was Tuesday just now. I'm not even kidding. Why did it feel I that way? I'm a fucking wait. Person. Is it really? You confused? It's Monday. No, it's Monday. You it feels confused like me for a split second. And I knew what day it was 30 minutes ago. Forgot. And here we are. Happy Tuesday. When, what is it? Thursday? I don't fucking doesn't matter. And part of what we're going to discuss, at least to start out with, has to do with this sort of thing of, my God, ugh, it took so long. I'm so tired. Oh, my God. I ate so much. I thought I was going to boist. Oh, my God. I need to put on my eating pants. <laughs> we are where we are recording this in part because I need back support. Yes. That's so sad. <laughs> but it perfectly dovetails with our first topic of the episode. It does. Which is, oh God, <laughs> have we lost our edge as gay men in today's times? I'm like, what? I edge all the time. How dare you? I'm edging right now. I've been on the precipice of an orgasm for the last 20 minutes. Oh. You just don't know. <laughs> that's that low hum in the background. I feel like that's not specific for gay men, though. I think that's for kind of. Well, I was kind of thinking of it could be the gay community at large, but here's how I frame it. And you can tell me how you frame it. Frame me. Don't I, frame me. I did. You're getting convicted. And I'm going to testify. You're going to know I'm lying. You're going to be that bastard. And I'll wink at you real quick. After Jeopardy is attached, I would be that bitch. Just a brief digression. <laughs> One of my dreams, and it happened once on Law & Order in such an obvious way that it was kind of thrilling. Double Jeopardy. You can't be tried again. If you get acquitted for something, it's done. If there's no mistrial or hung jury or anything, it's over. Jeopardy is attached, which means that you can never be tried again. So I could shoot your friend mm -hmm. and you saw me. So you're the prosecution's main witness. And you're like, oh my God, he shot my friend dead right in front of me. It was awful. If I somehow manage to get away with it, I can on the steps of the courthouse in front of reporters be like, ha, 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 I killed your friend. Ha, 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 and I got away with it. Nobody can do anything because that's what double jeopardy is. This is why the court system needs to figure its life out. Because why is that okay? Unfortunately, like a lot of tenants of the law, it has a purpose. It's so they can't doggedly pursue prosecuting you again and again and again and again if they think you did it. Yes, if it's if in you... a harassment sort of way. Yeah. And unfortunately, the byproduct of that is you have one bite at the apple. If you don't get your conviction, you're fucked. Yeah. But sometimes, and I don't know all the rules, Jeopardy is not attached. But I don't know the finer points of that. This is all to say that I saw it in Law & Order and it was very like, the person was basically like, I did it. Fuck you, DA Jack McCoy, played by Sam Watterson. <laughs> but I would do that to you. I convinced, If I framed you and convinced you of something, I'd be like, mm, mm, mm. that's all. <laughs> oh, man. I just inhaled one of my earrings. And that was the Ashley Judd movie. Her husband framed her for his murder, even though he wasn't dead. And then she went to prison. And when she got out, she's like, I'm gonna find your ass. And she's like, I can kill you now because he can't try me again. And she tells him that as she's hunting him down. It's amazing. Yeah. Ashley Judd. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, so we were... Are we losing our edge? Was I don't know how we got on to Double Jeopardy. I don't remember. <laughs> are we losing our minds or edge? You bet your bitch. Oh, anyway, so what, what I was going to say is like, I feel if we're going to think of our community, the LGBTQ plus community at large, the people who would be most likely to ask themselves that question would be gay men because we're the ones who are, and everyone's different, but generally speaking, there's that undercurrent of hedonism. And we just want to have a good time. We're going to go out to the bars and go to Fire Island and go to P-Town. and nah, 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 nah. Hedonism, hedonism. Everything's a bacchanalia. So if we're looking at it like that and everybody has a little bit of that in them, now that it's the point in history where it's legally possible to get married in all 50 states for now, 
You can adopt children more easily. Now that we can have those lives that more adhere to the heteronormative paradigm, mm -hmm. are we going in that direction? Are we not as subversive as we used to be? Are we not, you know, outliers on the fringe of society? Are we more just kind of blending in with the rest of society? What do you think? The question is, before I, we answer it. Yeah, I would say that I don't think so because there are always going to be pockets of that. People that do want to, I don't want to say want to conform to that more heteronormative lifestyle, but there are people that do just want that. They just want to just be them with their spouse and their family and their picket fence and their picket fence. Watching yeah. reruns of picket fences with Kathy Baker and Tom Skerritt. And I, thank you for saying that. By no means am I judging choices or saying that you're trying to pass as straight or act straight or go to the other side. I'm just using it as shorthand because generally speaking those kinds of lives have been associated with heterosexual people yeah 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 that's exactly. all i meant by it. there was no judgment implied yes yeah i just think that there are always going to be pockets of people that are kind of looking for either of those things because the other thing is also i feel like people live that life and then eventually they might be like oh eh, i don't want that life anymore and they i'm leaving you children yeah <laughs> Well, more of the other way around. Yes. Oh, see, I was thinking, kids, I know that me and your father spent $75,000 on IVF to have you, but I don't want you anymore. <laughs> I'm going to go get fucked in an alley. See you later. <laughs> don't call me. I'm in the other way. <laughs> Uh, this is a good topic because clearly I'm coming from one perspective and you're coming from another. Well, but that's the thing though. I feel like I could see people kind of, what's the, fa vacillating? Vacillating. Vacillating, not vacillating. Vacillating like between... Maybe vacillating is faggot vacillating. Yes. Welcome. It's a portmanteau. I made it up. It's real name. I love it. Put it in my Merriam-Webster dictionary. Yeah, what did you say? <laughs> Merriam? Merriam, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta be your put it in, name. Put it in. Fuck denim dust. <laughs> Fuck uh, Cheyenne, Cheyenne Demure. Demure. <laughs> <laughs> it's Merriam-Webster all the way. Oh, yeah. The bargain basement <laughs> librarian. You can only find it in <laughs> the dollar store. Everything has one letter that's off. It's made in Timbuktu. I love oh, it. Oh my God. So yeah, I think people might vacillate between the two because I feel like- Definitely. Especially, and I feel like this also just happens with a lot of straight people too. It's like, and again, obviously this isn't all straight people either. I don't think I need to say that, but just in case you're a kid, then maybe you get married, but then your kids grow up and then you're like, okay, well the kids are out of the house. Like, yeah, the second wave of you know, let's do weird things. Yeah, like that second yeah. wave of let's go be wild. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you think it's more linear? Like you're slowly sliding towards one extreme or the other, or do you think it goes back and forth? I think it could go back and forth. I think what will happen is you're a kid for a while, then you grow up and then you're like, I kind of miss being a kid. But then I think when you go back to that the second time, you're like, there's got to be a happy medium. And I think people find a way to kind of still be able to have those things that you might consider less adult. I don't know. That's not the word I want to use. What's a better word? Like going out to bars and being out late. You know what I mean? Something that maybe feels a little not so age appropriate. Yes. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. That's the best way I can think of it. It might not feel as age appropriate for you to do that, but you find a happy medium. You're like, okay, I can't do that every night like I did when I was 22 years I old. I wholeheartedly agree with you because when I was asking myself that question, I had to throw out a lot of things that I just feel are perfectly natural because I'm 40. I've cut a swath across New York City for 20 years. And I have absolutely no worries about the fact that certain things that I used to do in certain patterns of behavior are over mm -hmm. because they should be over. Yeah. Because I'm 40 and I don't want to. I can't. I would die. <laughs> I would go into a coma. Certain things like that. It's fine that they're done. They should be done. They are done. Yeah. So it was more sociopolitical or that sort of thing. Societal yeah, constructs. Yeah, yeah. Because the reason I asked linear or up and down is because I, for instance, people who have known me for a very, very long time, like my oldest friends from middle school and high school, which we're talking about like 25, 30 years, 
I used to really think at least that I wanted children. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that way anymore, but it's been very, thank God. You know what? How dare you? <laughs> because children love me, whether it's in their own best interest or not is subject to interpretation, but they do love me <laughs> like the Pied Piper fan. Come on, kids, let's all ruin everything. But I felt that going in a very straight line. As I got older, I wanted children less and less. Yeah. And I always thought that I would have them. And now I'm pretty much convinced that I won't, even if the opportunity did present itself, mm-hmm. which right now I'm a bitter, lonely old widow. So it's not going to happen anytime soon. But even if that changed, I don't think that that feeling would. Yeah. So that would mean I was going the opposite direction where I used to have less of an edge insofar as I wanted that. And now I don't. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. I feel like I've always been sort of in the middle. Do you want children? It would really depend on the other person that I was with. So it's not unequivocal. It's based on your circumstance. I think it's definitely based on my circumstance. Okay, that's interesting. I used to think I wanted them and I wasn't even really picturing what that would look like. I just thought I wanted them. Yeah. In whatever scenario I ended up in. Mm -hmm. And now I feel the reverse. So, and I'm also thinking about, it's not so much what we think about ourselves. It's what society thinks of us. Because another aspect of our LGBTQ people losing their edge as far as not being so niche and not being so subversive, because that's a symbiotic relationship with the rest of society. You can't be on the fringe unless you're correlating in some way to the rest of society. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling, and you'll tell me how you feel, I feel like society is kind of used to us. We can't shock the way we used to. I'll show them. Oh, Mm -hmm. oh, is that a challenge, bitch? Here we go. (laughs) You ready for this shit? You ain't seen nothing yet. Look. You thought that kiss on Melrose Place in 1993 was some shit. I got some shit for you. And hold my earrings. <laughs> hold my purse, hold my baby that I didn't have, that I didn't want. I, <laughs> that I, I don't just, want anymore. <laughs> I, I also said, hold my earrings because I'm wearing very large earrings. Very <laughs> door very knockers. large, very feathery. Door knockers. Door knockers. They're not metal. I'm still going to call them that because I love that expression. Oh, door knockers. It's just the best There's word. a very specific earring. I of. have a Those lot. Are the ones that I'm thinking of. Of relatives from New Jersey. I know what a door knocker is. <laughs> I love it. And they clang around. They bang on your glasses. It's great. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like to an extent, society is used to us. God, we love gays. There's so much fun at parties. Mm-hmm. They invite us out to brunch. I'm like, you're supposed to be afraid of us. <laughs> There's that kind of feeling a little bit. You should be fucking scared, bitch. Because heterosexual people have always had, I don't like to use the term fag hags, but that kind of woman that's always been really close to a lot of gay men. She was kind of an outlier Mm -hmm. where I feel like now most heterosexuals have a gay. Yeah. yeah, You know, that they kind of rely on for honesty. And let's be real. (laughs) If you don't, you're probably boring or homophobic or both. She called you basic. (laughs) She said you're basic. They all have them. And it's funny because it's just kind of entered the general realm. Yeah. Most people have a gay and they're like, oh, yeah, he's the only one who's honest with me. And like, she read you to filth is what she did. But you call it honestly. She's like, I read her like a children's book. Okay. <laughs> because we have to. We have to be that who's person. Gonna, who's going to keep you in your place? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You got to break them down before you can build them up. No, I'm kidding. We going to tell you. At least, I feel like that's very true for me. I feel like if people are looking for an honest opinion, I will. It's what we're known I'll for. give it to you. Especially women's sartorial choices. It's what we do. It's, it's what, what we're we known for. To help unfortunate mm-hmm. heterosexual women. <laughs> like, like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's glorious. I mean, the number of times that I told women that the men up there don't like a lot of blather. I mean, because it don't. (laughs) Really, it's, I don't like it. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) But women's fashion choices were like, no. And we're not trying to be mean. We're just like, don't wear that. You do not look good in that. Go change. 
Yeah. You need us for that. And that's something that's timeless. That's in our dossier. That's mm-hmm. what you're going to get. That's yeah. what we need to do. That's our job. It's our destiny, child. It's in my <laughs> best RuPaul pun of all time. <laughs> Impersonating Beyonce was not your destiny, child. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there's also, there's nothing dirty about that, Sanchez. That's amazing. I don't even like Tyra Sanchez. That's amazing. <sighs> oh my God. Ooh. I definitely feel like I fit into that. If people are looking for an honest opinion, they'll come to me. I'll give it to them. And you have that way of like, no one ever feels like you're reading them. That's true. I Because I don't. I'm not here to read you. I will. It's weird. I don't consider you to be a bitchy person. Oh, it depends who you ask, but yes. I know that you could be if you wanted to, but I don't think you have an inner bitch. I have an inner bitch for sure. Mm -hmm. And most people know that. But I get clocked for it a lot. I feel like even if you did, you just have that way of you always seem like you're being nice. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you get away with that even if you weren't being nice. You'd still get away with it. <laughs> Somehow. I've definitely insulted people before and they definitely laughed it off. <laughs> There's something about your general comportment. You're very non-threatening. And that's good because then you can eviscerate someone and they don't even know that they you did it. They don't even know what's happening. But kind of amazing. Me, I have a shit-eating grin when I'm reading into filth and you know it and I know it and it's very much present. I can't get away with it. <laughs> but people actually think I'm bitchier than I actually am. This is even a tenth of what I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know. You aren't ready. Don't let her uh for the rest of Don't them. let her take her ultimate form. It's like brain capacity. Humans only use about 10%. I only use about 5% of my bitch monster from hell capacity. If I did, I'd lay waste to all of humanity. Keep insult the earth with this bitchiness. <laughs> <laughs> with this bitchiness. <laughs> the land shall lay fallow for nothing thousands of generations. Yeah. <laughs> the land shall lay fallow for thousands of years. <laughs> You know what else I got to say? Heterosexual men. I feel like they used to view me a certain way that I found very amusing. And I think I talked about it once. I have no idea where this is going. Because I think I talked about this a little bit in the Thanksgiving episode where they used to think, oh, and it wasn't even like we're talking about homophobes or anything. We're just talking about they don't know how to handle the kind of gay that I am. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you know me. I am a giant faggot. Like we all know that. I've cried on the show. I talk about musical theater constantly. I talk about dick all the time. Purse just fell out of his mouth. Dick is my life. But I do have this weird part of myself that's kind of mannish. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Not to say that gay men aren't men. You know what I'm talking about shorthand. But insofar as traditional, like the way I dress and the way I drink and the way I eat is kind of more towards a heterosexual dynamic. So when I get around straight people, or at least before, they'd be like, oh, this queen is here and she's out with us and she's drinking and da, da, da. And I can drink any of them under the table. Mm-hmm. And they're shocked by that. I feel like that doesn't happen anymore. Well, people don't realize that the homosexual liver is structured to handle four times the capacity that the heterosexual liver. It totally is. is. It's on the genome. Oh, yeah. That made us gay. That's called hashtag science. Also, hashtag you didn't come here for facts. The biological imperative that makes you people want to impregnate women makes us want to have a good time as much as we possibly can. Both of them are imperatives that we cannot escape. They're encoded in our DNA. So you want to knock a bitch up. I want to knock a drink back and get drunk and have a good time. And have bitches try to knock you up unsuccessfully. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Luckily for me, my uterus is an inhospitable environment. It's because of all the booze. Andy's uterus has been pickled by Jameson. I was talking about the baby's little pickle. That's what I named one through 47. Little pickles. Yeah, straight men are just not shocked by me anymore. I was a little disappointed when it started happening. I was like, where is my adoration? Where is my shock that I am really not that different from you? It Mm. made me kind of sad. 
Because we're all kind of like approaching like a Venn diagram where we're all ending up in the middle. I want to be special. I want to be the underestimated faggot who can drink all of you under the table. <sighs> and really, I'm just being stupid because I always have enjoyed the fact that I have often been the only gay in a straight male social situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very nice. It was my friend's bachelor party. It was just. Oh, yeah. That's very often one of the things that I end up in. Yeah. There are so many moments where I said things and I've I've never seen. Because they weren't ready. No, no, (laughs) they were not. Like, I've never seen people look more mortified in my life. And I like sex stuff. Oh, like just fucked up, disgusting (laughs) humor. And these shrinking violets here who are like, pussy this. (laughs) Blow up a fucking puss. And then they're shocked. I'm trying to think what it was. Like, Nick, what did you just say? We were at dinner, and I think one of my students. Well, Nick, it was a rehearsal dinner, and his mother was right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Has well, some decorum. I was the only one that ordered dessert, which, first of all, happens more often than I can Which, count. again, is subverting previously held notions about gays. Oh, I'm going to die. They couldn't possibly. Oh, no. I versus will... this situation, all those poofs. <laughs> they don't want any dessert. I know. They're watching the figure, and you're like, yeah, I'll take three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bring the cart. Leave the cart. <laughs> I'm going to ride the cart out of here. First time I saw an actual dessert cart, I almost came. (laughs) Because I'd heard about them for years. I was like, there's an actual cart that has all the desserts on it. This is so exciting. Just leave it. You just get up. You're like, this is a buffet, right? I mounted it. And you're scooping it. I tried to have sex with it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I really did. I was asked to leave the restaurant immediately. And I refused. Oh, my God. We were at a restaurant. I was the only one that got dessert. Nobody else did. One of the straight people trying to be cute says something about how my pie looked really creamy. Oh, Lord. And I said, let me guess. You made a cream pie joke? No, I said, oh, yeah. It reminds me of my uncle. Mortified. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm just kidding. Oh, it reminds me of my dad. And then (laughs) it was he doubled down. It wasn't even that good. But. You know someone who hasn't been around a drag queen who hasn't heard someone say that? I mean, my God, do you know the number of porn companies we have that are about incense? (laughs) I mean, it ain't nothing to us. But yeah, so like, so I knew the group that I was around. I'm like, this will get a good laugh. It was so good. It was so good. Again, among us, that's not really that clever. I wouldn't bat an eyelash. Yeah, exactly. It's not. I'd be like, maybe serious, maybe it's not. It's not my business. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know his family. (laughs) Oh my God. I can't believe he said that. (laughs) And then you showed them gay cest and family dick and brother crush and say uncle. All of our incest porn. (laughs) I'm not kidding you people. For those of you who don't know, we have a disturbing amount of incest porn. The whole company is designed to make incest porn. Oh my God. Why? (laughs) What's wrong with us? This is why we can't have nice things. This is why our edge will never be gone. (laughs) Because we'll always find a way to push the envelope. We took the envelope, we licked it until it cut up our tongue, and then we balled it up and we used it as a not very effective ball gag. Because we're nasty. Nasty. Now I'm on your side. I'm like, I would like to marry a nice man who only wears tweed and only wears sweaters that have leather patches on the elbows. And he barely has sex with me, but he never cheats on me. And he's very good to our children. But since that's a bald-faced lie, we should probably, <laughs> because I would never want that. He would be like, why do you treat me this way? Like, because I'm a whore, Milton. I told you that when we got married. You wouldn't listen to me. You wouldn't believe me. Your mother told me. Your mother told you that I was a whore. You didn't listen to her. And I told you she was right. I told you she's a bitch for calling me a whore, but she's not wrong. But you wouldn't <laughs> listen to me. And you married me anyway. And I had your bastard children because they're not really yours. <laughs> Milton, I'm sorry. You deserve better. Oh. Anyway, topic number two. Oh, my God. <laughs> Woo! All right. I'm going to be thinking about Milton tonight. Oh, poor Milt. I don't even know what he looks like. Poor Milt. He's going to be great. Milt. (laughs) 
Poor Milt. I told you, those leather patches are not going to work unless they're on my face. All right, in some sort of hood scenario, not on your elbows, Milton. Damn it. <laughs> well, I guess we're moving on. See, now I've duped the audience into thinking that this is not a question of whether or not I will like the next topic. Oh, yeah. Because the whole... Oh, that's true. The yeah. whole in, the whole starting point was going to be Nick has a show that he's enamored with that I'm like, ah, you're not going to believe that I'm afraid of anything. It's true. But I am. <laughs> and Nick will tell you more. So there's this new show that came out. The show is called Slag Wars. Mm. And yes, it is British. <laughs> Just in case you were a little bit confused. I too uh, thought it was a show that was airing out of Tunisia. Yeah. But no, it's British. <laughs> and it's starring, if you don't know, <laughs> you'll know as soon as I say it. If you don't know them, just Google You gotta it. look it up. The uh, Cock Destroyers. So <laughs> the Cock Destroyers are these two women who are porn stars and they're just such caricatures. That's it's a very good way of putting it. And I don't say that negatively. Everything about everything them is, is heightened. Everything about them is heightened. It's big. The Cock Destroyers got famous because they put out this video. It was a viral video that they made for their gangbang. <laughs> and they're both just talking to each other and they're like, oh, how many more guys do we need for this gangbang? We need six more cocks. And their, their accents are fucking glorious. Everything. Their makeup, their lip jobs, their boob jobs, their hair. Yeah. It's their shoes. Everything is crazy. It's just fantastic. Anyway, you can find their original video. I think it's just on YouTube and it's just them talking about how they want to de-spunk your balls. Do you know how I best describe <laughs> what? You know how Barbie's always had a theme? Yes. It's id Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. Like Freud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the yeah, part yeah. of you that just wants what it wants and does not give a <laughs> shit. It's id Barbie. <laughs> Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. You can find their first couple of videos that they did. Just Google Cock Destroyers. And this was when? A couple of years ago. Yeah, probably it's like fairly within, recently. Within the past two years, I would say. It must be like two years. They have a reality show now called Slag Wars, the next <laughs> cock destroyer. <laughs> I mean, spoiler alert. It was me. <laughs> um, These bitches owe me some royalty. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so we it's, we we didn't do anything so what they did was basically he's one of them now he's joined their gang now. the third lost cock destroyer oh my god basically what it is is it's a reality show competition for who is going to be the next cock destroyer it's me and <laughs> what's great about it is it has not really been defined what is a cock destroyer, I... which is something that I actually really like. It's a little bit subject to interpretation. It's a very nebulous. They haven't really defined what that is. Maybe they want the contestants to figure it out for themselves. I, I think that that's kind of part of the what show. What does cock destroying mean to you? <laughs> but My I... cock destroying could be not yours. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so I think they intentionally did it. What exactly does that mean? You don't really know. You're not even sure what it means or if you want to know or if you should ask or if it's safe to ask exactly <laughs> okay so there's a couple things i love about it the first one is that it definitely takes sex workers and just brings attention to sex work not only that he's trying to convince me to watch the show i'm terrified but i did watch the trailer not yeah. only does it bring attention to sex workers it also in the trailer which is only like four minutes long it gave you an in to who they are as people that you rarely see even when they have documentaries let's say about sex work they don't really get into who you are as a person. They get into what you do, how you do it, what your medium is, like yeah. why you do it. They're just people having a conversation. Mm -hmm. They humanize them. It's really nice to see that. One thing I really love is one of the guys, Michelle, being the amazing person that she is, 
Maven. Maven. Michelle Maven O'Tregay. She. <laughs> I watched it this weekend with two of my friends and. That and the Dolly Parton Christmas special. Oh my God. The Dolly Parton. <laughs> don't even get me started on the Dolly Parton Christmas special. You don't want to talk about he it. He has notes. So she tagged one or two of them in two separate posts and they both actually reached back out and they were like, oh my God, thank you so much. And whatever. No, for me. Was, <laughs> one of them is Scottish and the other one was American that reached out to us. There's one American. Oh, I saw her on the trailer. The, yeah, there's one American trans person on the show they're the only trans person and the only person that considers themselves female i believe mm. but yeah so one of the guys that responded to the tag his name is kevin at cunt with a k <laughs> kevin i don't like him already two kardashian <laughs> and he's not having as soon as i see a k that's in place with c i'm like you rubber trash <laughs> that's what i think immediately he is probably the sweetest person on that show he's scottish but always so cute well he's also i don't think he's the youngest one of the guys tyrese who is gorgeous tyrese i think is 21 kevin is 21 kevin is 25 i Good think lord but kevin's from a small town in scotland aberdeen i think is the name it's like a very small town there's no gay scene he doesn't do sex work didn't have an only fans at least when he it wants started and that's the thing, like they wanted him on the show, but it's kind of like, does even he know why? So well, but it's interesting because it was one of the very first conversations that came up on the show because him and Nikki Monet were having this conversation and the lone American, the lone American. They were just kind of talking, just shooting the shit. They're outside smoking. And it was kind of like, oh, well, how do you feel about being the only person here who doesn't really do sex work? I will say she's from New York. So oh, Lord. It came off a little aggressive. So it's interesting. I don't think it was intended that way. I feel like your tone was, was very pointed. But it was a legitimate question. It's like, yeah. what makes you want to be the next cock destroyer? And since the show, he actually has started an OnlyFans. For all we know, he might have won. So and now he's like, oh, fuck yeah. OnlyFans, the whole shebang. He's just such a sweetheart. Not anymore. His, and his story is just so interesting how he ended up on the show. The other people all do have a lot more experience with this stuff. And it makes you think, well, there's a reason that they want him to be on the show. And I know he said he's a big and fan. And so they know, obviously. I guess they, they must. Him. Yeah. But they but, kind of want to keep it under wraps and reveal it. I think I so. I think it's interesting. But again, that kind of brings you back to what the fuck is the next cock destroyer? I feel like in my opinion, it kind of seems like someone who wants to be 100% their authentic self and they don't give a shit about what other people do. You're exactly right. Because what I do know, a lot of what I know about cock destroyers comes from frock destroyers drag race uk season one and bag of chips is on the show in some capacity she came in third in season one of uk drag race and i love her i didn't know what cock destroyers was until frock destroyers and then i looked it up and it seems to me knowing far less about it than you do that the number one thing is that you are unabashedly yourself. owning your sexuality they're self-described sluts yeah. They take it all back, especially women have far more to deal with in that realm than anybody else. Mm -hmm. As far as being labeled things or you're this, put you in a box, this makes you this. They have to reclaim a lot of that. Yeah. So they're doing that quite well. Mm -hmm. And don't forget what you told me. One of the two, Rebecca Moore, she's a lawyer. Yeah. So don't underestimate the fucking cock destroyers. One of them is a lawyer she graduated from, I think. West University of West London. Thank you. So she's not an idiot. Probably and doing her own. She's managing her own career as her own entertainment lawyer. And, and destroying cocks. Boom. <laughs> Boom. She's multi-hyphenate. But it's such a great, interesting light to be seeing these people in. It's definitely you, something you haven't seen before. Because yeah. I looked at the trailer, I was like, what the hell is this? They've broken the mold in many ways. And the mold is what they made their breasts out of. <laughs> oh my God. Two big old like sauce pans. <laughs> Jello mold with tits. <laughs> 
And like everything you said when you first told me about this, yes. about asking questions that don't get asked or talking about things like, I don't like being sexualized based on my race. Yeah, and yeah. I was very impressed by that sight and scene because that never gets talked about. Exactly. BBC, Poppy, mm -hmm. my little Asian geisha boy. No one ever talks about that. And it happens all the time. It's something that we haven't seen in the show yet, but it's something you see in the trailer. In one of the trailers, at least, I don't know how many there are, where the guy I mentioned before, Tyrese, he's POC, he's non-binary. Pretty sure he's 21. He's non-binary and he's having a conversation with some other person of color and they start talking about intersectionalism and how he's very proud to be representing this group of people on mm. the show that are often unseen yes underrepresented yes or they're sexualized because oh you're black or, or fetishized or, or yeah. marginalized and one thing i want to say again only saw the trailer but speaking of intersectionalism I'm very impressed by these two women. These are two British women. So they're two white women. They're basically the anti-Karens of the world because they're oh my god. They're offering this platform to all these different kinds of things that they are not trans, mm -hmm. presumably non-binary, male, what have you. And I like that. I like that they're anti-Karens. That's <laughs> probably the best way to put it. They're pulling the energy of the universe in the opposite direction against the Karens. And my money's on them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> totally. And the other thing is the contestants, they are all very different, which is really cool. There's this guy from Mexico. He's like a muscle guy. And that's the other thing. A lot of the other guys aren't like what you would see portrayed in a lot of porn. Oh, please. You know, porn they're... is so goddamn homogenized. Oh. Unless you go to gay sets. <laughs> Typically, what you would see in porn, a lot of the other guys are a little bit smaller. They've got like smaller frames. They're on the skinnier stuff. They don't have all these stereotypical cookie cutter yeah cookie cutter people on the show it's nice seeing all these different bodies these different people being represented and i didn't realize when i heard about the show that there actually is some kind of elimination situation that happens mm. there are only seven contestants which i also like because you get to know them more yes but i thought it was more like a real world situation oh. where they're just living in the house these are the shenanigans going on but that's actually not what's happening every week they do eliminate somebody Watch the first episode. It definitely goes a little bit There's off the rails. There's a twist. There's a twist. Trying I'm trying to seduce me. him. Mrs. But Robinson, I believe you're trying to seduce me. And Bankrupt. Cock Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> but the one thing I love about the show that I've never seen a reality show do before is they kind of treat the two hosts, Rebecca and Sophie. Sophie Anderson. Yes. And Rebecca Moore. They kind of treat them like contestants, not in the sense that they're competing, not like they're doing challenges or anything like that, but they are regularly interviewed in the confessional. Equally characters equal, the way that yes, the contestants are. Exactly. They're equally exposed like the contestants Rather are. Rather than overlord who's overseeing the proceedings. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And there's a moment where you see, this doesn't really spoil anything. There's this moment where Sophie is very broken up about having to send someone home because she feels like- Did she bend to LaCrim? <laughs> she feels like they are supposed to be a beacon of positivity and that sending somebody home is a way of saying that they're not good enough. And, well, and, <laughs> and well, that's kind you of what have done better. Rebecca's point is. Oh, really? Like, she takes the opposite tack? She definitely is like, Ooh, you know, it's they, competition. This is not RuPaul's best cock destroyer race, bitch. She's like, this is a competition. They knew what they signed up for. They did. Yeah, it sucks. We have to send someone home. Somebody like, gotta go. Exactly. That's the show. And oh my God. My favorite thing. I did not work this hard in this competition to go home to the likes of her. I want someone to give that mini monologue that I never get tired of, ever. I love it. Every fucking episode. 
But yeah, so she has this moment where you see her kind of break down. And, she, and it's real. It's funny because at first you kind of look at it and you're like, is this staged? But then I also see how she's reacting at a certain point, And I'm like, this woman is not an actress. <laughs> like, no offense. I'm sure her porn's great. Well, that's not acting. But how emotional she gets, it doesn't feel like she was acting. Well, I mean, if they made the show for the reasons that were postulating that they did, like inclusivity and stuff, you didn't make it because you want to gleefully be like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. I'm going to eliminate them one by one. Like, yeah, exactly. You know. Exactly. I really think the whole point of the show is just to be like, teach people to be their most authentic selves. Especially and own it. And, own it. and especially, I think, sexually, obviously. Because I think you're on the show. Yeah. But. <laughs> Own my towels as a folk singer. No, I think it's sexual. I highly recommend it. There's only one episode out. The next episode comes out Friday. Which... She's a nerve. Where do you watch it? So if you go to slagwars.com, you could just watch it on their website. I think men.com is a big sponsor. Does it air on a network in the UK? I'm not sure. That happens sometimes. Dragula was on TV in Canada and then we get it on an app. Yeah, I'm actually not sure. You can definitely watch it on slagwars.com. And there's presumably going to be seven or eight if there's seven. I'm assuming there's going to be. Yeah, I would assume there'd be. And weirdly... One of the last episodes we did, we were talking about ways to come out subtly at Thanksgiving. So the guy who wrote that article. Topher Kusumano. Topher Kusumano. Hi, Topher. I don't know if Hi. you're listening. I think he was a writer for the show. Yeah, that's what you told me in the episode. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure he's a writer for the show. But that was just a weird coincidence. That's how we talked about it. That's how it came it up. It was a digression based on talking about Topher's article. Yes. So it did come up and on the show. And he was in the filming the show. Yes. The UK. Ah, you looked at me like I was crazy. I was confused for a second. Ah, you thought I was choking. Ook. Ook. Um, but yeah, so I highly recommend it. It's so good. She's going to start talking like that every day. Check them out. I know it. I highly, highly recommend them. I can feel it. They're so over the top, but it is funny. You just need to watch it. That's all. <laughs> well, I'll take it under advisement because I did enjoy the trailer. And this could help me keep my edge. We bridged the two topics. <laughs> I feel like an old fuddy-duddy, but then I became one of the largest fans of Cock Destroyers and Slack Wars. Problem solved. I still got it! He says as he goes to bed at 7 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. That's it, Slags. That's we're having our own slag war right now. Yeah, you? we're going to have a boxing match after this. It's going to be great. Oh, please. I end you. Sheer force of will. I'm too fast. <laughs> I'm too speedy. I'm too bitter. <laughs> the sheer force of my rage would overtake you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as usual, we have loved talking to you and hopefully telling you about your new favorite show, your water cooler show. Let us know if you enjoy it. We're definitely going to keep posting stuff on Instagram because I'm sure I'm going to be watching it. With Let me. us know if you're a slag or if you have a destroyed cock. We definitely want to hear about that. And we want pictures. <laughs> but please, while you're taking a picture of a destroyed cock, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And write us written reviews because they help us get visibility like the cock destroyers are giving the contestants. We just want that from you. That's all we'd ask. It's a very simple request. So we have Instagram, otrigay.podcast. We have Twitter, otrigaypodcast. Our email that you can send your destroyed cock pictures slash your proof that you're a slag to <laughs> thatgayshow at gmail.com. Yeah, I think that's it. Fantastic. Uh, it's been lovely. And what oh, a I'll be brief because I did say I wanted to mention this and Ooh. I forgot. She go talk to you. <laughs> so I just want to say really quick. I think it's important for everyone to remember that this isn't really directly pandemic related. It's more like pandemic adjacent, but make sure you make sure you. Ch oh, my God. What is I cannot. What happened? Like phlegm. Plegum? That's how you spell it. <laughs> but yeah, so all I wanted to say was make sure you're checking on your friends because yeah. it's really rough out there. And a lot of people might seem like they're OK, mm -hmm. but they may not be.
all it is is a simple how you doing what's going on are you good you know whatever you need to do let them feel acknowledged that they know that you're there because we don't have our usual coping mechanisms. Like if you felt like shit, you'd be like, you know what? I'm going to go out and I'm going to just see some friends at a bar. You can't do that anymore, unfortunately. I mean, you might be able to, but it's it's not the same. It really isn't. That's one thing I not will really. say. I went out to visit some friends who were working and honestly, nightlife is going to be very different for a long time. Mm. And in my personal opinion, not in the greatest way, but I think oh, that's probably shared. I'm sure I'm not the only one thinking that, but it's better than nothing and it's a way to support your friends and support your drag queens or your performers but your um, cock destroyers, your cock destroyers. <laughs> but but yeah so check in on your friends be supportive love each other start a fight club listen you don't but, know what to do start a fight club let's roll a fight club never talk about the fight club <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's all and i bet you a chew a chew bang plug him <laughs>